0: Welcome to the About Health and Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Allen, a recovered sugar addict turned certified nutrition coach on a mission to help women learn how to balance their hormones and optimize their fertility. On this podcast, we have conversations with experts about all things health, hormones, wellness, nutrition, and more to give you the information, tips, and tricks you need to take control of your health and feel amazing in your body. I am so happy that you're here and I can't wait to dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have you here today because I'm very fired up about this topic. And what we're talking about today is how to make 2024 your healthiest year yet. So let me share with you why I'm so fired up on this topic, because honestly, the truth is I'm not super connected. I'm not super into like New Year's resolutions or New Year's as a whole. Honestly, I connect a lot more to the Jewish New Year. And so when Rosh Hashanah comes around, which is usually in like September, October time, that's when I'll sit and really do my, you know, reflections on the past year and really think about what I want to take and what I want to practice going into the new year but i i don't know about you i need a reset like right now i really need a reset we're coming off of what's honestly been a really hard week at the end of a really hard month at the end of a really hard year and i feel this on a global and national level i also really feel this on a personal level which i'll i'll share more about in a minute and i'm recording this it's december 24th and yesterday i like literally had a little bit of a breakdown about all of this and just feeling like my life is devolving into chaos, which is slightly overdramatic, but I tend to do that. And if you listen to this podcast for long enough, you'll see, I can, I can be a bit of a drama queen, but that's okay. I know it. I own it. And I was just like, I need a reset. So you know what, sometimes just having something like January 1st, that a lot of people have created this hype around I'm just leaning into it. I'm like, okay, you know what? If I need something to help me reset, let's go. Let's do this. Let's let January 1st be a new opportunity. Even though the truth is there's no real like, tangible difference between December 31st and January 1st, but I'm in need of a reset. So I figured, you know what? I'm sure I'm not the only person. And maybe some of you really do connect to this idea of the new calendar year and starting fresh and starting new. So I am really excited to get into this episode because honestly, I need it. This was just as much for me as it is for all of you. So let me give you a little bit of background of what kind of led me into getting into this space. So obviously, if you're listening to this in real time and you you know, you know what's been going on because it affects you personally or you follow me on social media or you just follow what's going on in the news, um, what's been going on in Israel for the last two and a half months now has just been oh my gosh I think it's more than that we're like going almost on 3 months um there's been a war going on here it's just been devastating and exhausting and that you know that's enough to be like that's really really hard um yeah the war has been so hard on us as a family as a community for so many of our friends as a country as a nation and i don't I'm not beating myself up about this at all, but I have just fallen out of my routine so hard and it just kind of hit me yesterday that like, I'm not doing okay. And it happened to be this week was just a really rough week. My husband and I were both sick and my baby was sick, but my toddler was feeling good, which is kind of like the worst combination of three people to be sick because there was no functioning adult. The baby who like poor baby was sick. You know, It's not like he's running around and doing stuff anyways when he's not sick, but my toddler is like full-on energy, needs like the full-on attention, and neither of us could really give it to her. So this was a rough week. I don't even get sick normally all that often, but like really since I've made my health changes, it was something that I noticed. I used to get sick all the time. I always had a cold. I was just like cycling through NyQuil and ZQuil and uh, whatever other things I was trying to take in order to breathe and not feel like I was falling apart. And once I made all these dietary changes, I was feeling so good. I really noticed my immune system was so much better. And I was a teacher at the time. So teachers know when you're teaching, especially in an elementary school, you're exposed to so many germs and I was staying really healthy. And I know that my kids bring home all sorts of germs now, but I don't know. I just feel like I've been getting really sick, especially since the war started And I've just been like slipping on a bunch of the things that are really important to me. And I know why again, like I know the circumstances and I know that there's been a war. I know that also we kind of went into this whole situation already being out of routine. So like, I'll just back up all the way for me personally. I had a baby in February of 2023 and then I took maternity leave. And obviously that was not my regular routine. It was an amazing, amazing, beautiful time where I wasn't working and I wasn't putting any pressure on myself to get anything done, but it was definitely not like my regular routine. I wasn't sleeping, anything like that. And then I went back to work in June. I had June and July where I did get into a routine. It felt really, really good. And then August came where the kids don't have school so that we went to America And then we came back and there's that adjustment time and dealing with the jet lag. And then we went into all of the Jewish holidays, which is also like amazing and so much fun, but it's definitely not routine. And so, you know, it's two days here of holidays and then a day back to school and then a day back to work and then more time off. And it was just like hectic. And we kept saying, okay, but we're going to get to October 8th and then we're going to start routine. Like October 8th is a Sunday. Our week here starts on Sundays and I can't wait. I'm so excited. And I had this whole list of all these things I wanted to do in October, like all these intentions and goals. And I was like dying to get back to routine. I was so, so excited because I am really someone who thrives in routine and it's not just like going through the routine because I actually do enjoy my routine. Like when I'm actually going through it for the most part, but it's really the way that I feel. I feel like things are so much less chaotic and I'm in this good flow and I'm much more clear headed. And I remember we were by my sister-in-law on uh We were there for Simchas Torah on October 7th. And when we woke up at like six in the morning to all these sirens and had to run into the bomb shelter, we we looked at each other and everyone else was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? What's happening? And me and my other sister-in-law, shout out Talia, if you're listening to this, who also has a bunch of kids. She has three kids. We just look at each other. We're like, oh my gosh, is school going to be canceled because we can't handle this? Little did we know we were basically gearing up for a month of no school but we had already been, you know, going through Sukkot where there was no school and there was no routine. And we were all just like so desperate to get back to it. And whatever lack of routine, it felt like we had over the holidays devolved into literally complete chaos once the war broke out. And from there, it's just been like, you know, even though there's kind of been this new normal phase that we've gotten into where the kids are back in school, we're kind of back to work. I know for myself that a lot of the things that I used to have as really strong habits have kind of slipped a little bit. And it's just getting to the point where I'm like, I feel like everything is just so overwhelming. And I don't feel like myself. I don't feel clear-headed. I don't feel like I have good energy. I feel like I'm so much less patient and I'm more short with everyone. And this might sound really silly or it might sound really relatable to some of you guys, but it's kind of also just like in the mornings now, I'm like, I can't find anything. I can't find any of the kids socks. I can't find my hairbrush. I can't find anything like just getting ready and getting out the door. It feels like it takes all the energy that I need for the entire day up in that, you know, one hour session. And by the time I get back from dropping off my kids, I'm like, I'm done. I have nothing left to give. And it's only 8.15. Like, what am I supposed to do the whole day now? And there's a lot of other pieces to this, like the fact that my kids don't sleep super well and the fact that I'm still nursing and pumping. And I feel like it's very hard for me to get into a routine when that is the thing that like both sets me mentally as a mom and also physically, like I have to be tied to that schedule because it's very physically uncomfortable for me if I don't nurse and pump at the right time. But yesterday I just got to this point where like, I literally felt like I couldn't see the floor of my bedroom because there was stuff all over the place. And everything was really disorganized because we haven't cleaned up because we've been sick. And I was just like, I can't, I can't live like this anymore. Everything is disorganized. Everything is chaos. I don't feel good. And like, I just kind of lost it. And so I was like, okay, I had my moment where I lost it. And then Saturday night after Shabbos ended, I sat down with my notebook. Because this is what I do. This is what helps me feel better. And I just sat and was like, I need to write it out and get everything out on paper. When my brain feels super jumbled and disorganized, this is how I organize it on paper. And I came up with this whole plan of like, I'll share exactly what I did with you guys in a second. But I basically wrote out all this stuff of how things are not working for me and how I want to change them and how I do want them to work going into the new year And I could tell you, I felt so much better just from doing that without even actually taking any action, but just writing it down. I felt so much better because I was like, okay, I've got a plan in place. Now that the plan is on paper, I can execute it. And so I was like, honestly, this made me feel so much better. I want to share it with you guys. And hopefully this will be something that some of you can also take into the new year. If you're feeling anything like me, if you're just burnt out, whether you you know it's because you're here on the grounds in Israel or it's just like been the end of a crazy emotionally physically exhausting year so i'm going to get into exactly what i did first of all i started with a reflection because i had gotten into this place that was very negative about 2023 i was like my life is in chaos nothing makes sense i can't find anything i have no clarity when it comes to anything like normally I would say I have a lot of clarity and intention with my days, with my weeks, with my business, with my family. And I was just feeling like I've got nothing. I'm I'm running on empty. I've got nothing. And I was like, is this really true? Has that really been the case over the whole year? And it, this was also really easy for me to do because I actually had written out last year what I was hoping to accomplish, mostly in terms of my business, But I was able to look back and see, okay, was any of this actually accomplished? And the three biggest things that I had on my list for last year were number one, to have the baby, which thank God, of course, happened. And thank God he's healthy and doing great. And the second thing was to launch the Empowered Path to Pregnancy, which in 2022, I had spent literally hundreds and hundreds of hours pouring my heart and soul into creating that course. So it's funny because I launched it six months ago and I've kind of moved past that. It doesn't even feel like it was this year, but I was like, oh yeah, remember all that work that went into creating the course? Like I did that and I launched it and so many women have taken it and so many women have gotten pregnant. Like when I get the emails from people in that course who got pregnant, I'm, my heart is soaring. Like I don't even know how to explain the feeling. It's incredible. And I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that happens because I had forgotten about those things. And the third thing, which is really cool to be talking about now, was I had written kind of as like a little footnote, not even as a real goal for 2023, was launch a podcast because this was something that had been on my mind probably for years at that point. Like I really always thought it would be something that was just a really good fit for me. I loved the idea of having longer form content than what I do on social media I love whenever I've had the opportunity to be a guest on somebody else's podcast. I love listening to podcasts. Like I just really wanted to do it more than other things where I was like, this is the thing that makes the most sense for my business. This was just like for me personally. And as part of what I'm building with my nutrition coaching business, I really just felt like this was such a good fit and it would be so fun. And I even wrote in it like, but this would probably not even be possible to happen until December And it's funny because we ended up launching in September. So I was like, oh, you know, you never know what can end up happening. And when I was looking at this list, I was like, okay, there were also a lot of things that I had written that did not happen. And I can go through all the reasons why, again, there's been a lot of months that I have not really been able to work full-time this year between my maternity leave and the holidays and the war and just all these different things that have happened. Okay, fine. The goal of reflecting over the past year is not to beat yourself up at all. It's really just to evaluate and get some data and be like, okay, let's look objectively at what happens. And maybe you had a year that you felt like you did accomplish so much, or maybe you had a year where you're like, this was, this was not my year and that's okay. Um, I think either way it helps to take that reflection because we can only make changes once we're already aware of what's working for us and what's not working for us. And I know that there were periods, short periods this year, like June and July, for example, where I was in a really good flow. I was in my my routine and that works really well for me. And I was like, okay, I know what it looks like. I can get back to that. And so the first thing I did was my reflection of the past year. And then I just needed to do this. So the second thing I did was I wrote down everything that's not working for me right now. So like I did a tiny version of this complaining already in this episode of, you know, all these things that feels chaotic and I can't find this, that, and the other. I wrote it like word vomit onto the paper, just everything that was feeling hard and overwhelming. And another thing that I didn't even mention, like a big piece of this that I feel like has affected me is it's affecting my health and it's affecting the way that I eat. I feel like just getting to dinner every night, getting dinner on the table is like, oh my gosh, we have to do dinner again every single day. Like, I don't know what to make. We don't have anything. I want to make this, but it's not defrosted yet. Like everything around food has also just felt like more work than usual. And I know part of it is because I haven't been doing anything where I like prep things for the freezer. And then if there's a night where I'm just like, oh, I'm not up to it. I just pull out dinner from the freezer, but I haven't even had that as an option. So I feel like every time I need to eat, I have to cook something before or make something or put something together. And that just feels very exhausting for me. Whereas in the past, what I used to do, and this is not that it's so much less time cooking necessarily, but I would designate these times where I would make things, let's say like my chicken patties or falafel or lentil patties, or I'd, I'd get fresh chicken and marinated and put it with chopped onions and garlic or whatever in the freezer so that I could just pull it out and then dinner felt easy or any of those other things that I mentioned, they were already cooked and I could just pull them out whenever I wasn't in the mood. So even if there was a day where I was like cooking for an hour and a half to make a triple batch of this recipe, then later on in the week, I wasn't cooking every night. So it didn't feel so overwhelming. And I just feel like I haven't been doing that lately with everything that's been going on. And I feel it. I just feel more tired. I feel like I've also then slipped into, okay, everything just feels too overwhelming. I'm just going to throw rice in the rice cooker. And like, that's kind of what we're eating for dinner, which is not a very blood sugar friendly meal. And I don't feel great. I don't feel fully satisfied from that. I happen to love white rice. Like that's my favorite food, honestly, since I'm a little kid, that's always been my favorite food and I'm starting to get sick of it, which has never happened to me in my entire life because I don't know. I just feel like I'm having this negative association with it of feeling tired and burnt out. So I just got really clear on all these things that are not working for me right now. I noticed for me also, and this might be relevant for some of you, a lot of what's making me feel overwhelmed and feeling like things are chaotic has to do with my space. I am very organized in my brain. And when it comes to certain things, I'm very organized. But when it comes to my space and like physical things, my closet, my kitchen, I'm not super organized. I'm a very clean person. like. I could shower twice a day. I will never leave dirty dishes in the sink, but as long as things are not actually gross and dirty, they could be anywhere, everywhere. I wish everything in my house had a place for itself, but it doesn't. So sometimes I just can't even find anything. And that's been feeling very overwhelming also. Like even the idea of going to do my meal prep, I'm like, oh, but my freezer is all messy and I can't find anything. And there's just been all these little places where resistance is building up. And It felt good. It felt good to get that all out on paper because I think they've just been these thoughts that have been like subconsciously in my mind during these stressed out periods and I needed to get them out. So I could be like, okay, I complained. I'm going to validate it. This is really hard and annoying. And then I felt better. And then I was like, okay, let's move into creating a different energy because I don't want to be stuck on this low level, complaining, low vibe kind of setting. I want to get up and out of this and get ready and excited and motivated for the new year. So what I did next, and I, by the way, I really recommend doing those first two things. I think they are a really important part of the foundation of setting yourself up for the next year. Like I know it's really exciting and fun to skip ahead to the good part where you're like, I just want to write out my goals and talk about all the ways that things are going to be awesome. But I think we have to be realistic with ourselves, like write out what's not working for you and sit with the part that is just not great for right now. For a couple of minutes, so that you could also feel why you need to make a change. I actually find it really motivating to do that. So, after I did that, I got into the third part of this, which is I wrote out all of the things that in an ideal world, I would love to be accomplishing and implementing over the new year. Now, I think it's helpful to do this without having any reservations and just feel free to like dream. And dream big and not feel restricted. So I just like wrote out a ton of stuff, even though I knew realistically that these might not all be possible. But for me, this is what works. And when I tell you, I have a lot, I have a lot on my plate. I have a lot that I would love to accomplish. I'm a dreamer, I'm a doer, I'm a go getter. I wrote like three pages of bullet points of things that I would love to implement. And some were really big and some were really small, but I had like three full pages of bullet points. And for me, what really helps in terms of just getting clear on all the different things that I want to do is I divide up the page with different categories because I just kind of think in terms of categories of my life. So I have a category on like my home slash organization. I had a category for family life. I had a category for my social life. I had a category for my physical health and all the things that I want to implement That fall under the category of physical health, whether that was anything related to exercise or meal prep or food or sleep, like that all went in that category. And then if there were things, let's say that I know these are habits or things I want to practice with my kids that went into the family category. And so that was really helpful for me. I have a whole category for my Jewish life and like religious goals, even though I don't really think that my life is segmented in these ways, they obviously all come together, but just for my sake of like, I need to get these things out on paper and see what's going on and where and where there's more chaos or less chaos or like where I need to be putting in a little bit more of a system that's going to help me. and help me to divide things up. So what I realized after writing out three pages of bullet points was that these are obviously not all going to be things that I implement tomorrow, nor do I even think I should, because when we take on too much too quickly, it does not set us up for success. It usually feels like there's no way I could do this. It feels really overwhelming. And I can't even imagine getting like half this stuff done, let alone all of it. And I know right now I'm coming off of this place of feeling really burnt out. So the last thing I needed to do was burn myself out anymore. But I said, okay, let me pick two or three things from this huge list that I can start to implement. Because I'm really just like, I'm at a point where I feel like things are not working. Let me pick two or three things. And the hope is that when I get in the habit of doing these two or three things, it's going to snowball and allow me to do some other things, but we're just starting. Like there's no pressure on anything else besides these two or three things. So I'll give you an example of just like, let me get my notebook out here because I will read you some of the things that I even wrote about doing. Okay. So let's say under the category of physical health, because I know for a lot of you, that you're here to learn more about how to actually improve your health and your hormones. And a lot of that comes under the sphere of physical health. So I wrote out, and I write this out like literally every day in my planner, even though I haven't been writing in my planner every day throughout this whole crazy period, but three healthy meals a day. I know what healthy looks like in my mind. I don't have an exact definition of it, but it usually includes me getting a balanced meal with, that means like I have the different kinds of portions of protein and fat and fiber and complex carbs and whatever else I feel like my body needs certain antioxidants, things like that. And that, I don't think I've been hitting three meals a day for the majority of days over the last couple of months. And I feel it. I really thrive when I have three healthy, fully nourishing meals a day. And that is not what's been happening. Okay. Then the next thing I wrote is I really want to up my exercise game. I've been really inconsistent with it. I know that yoga is something that makes me feel so good. Like the stretching really helps me. By the way, let me just give a plug for yoga because part of when I remember most why I wanted to start doing yoga is when I stopped doing yoga. Cause then my back starts to hurt and my hips start to hurt. And I feel like I feel like I'm usually pretty strong and I feel great, except when I stopped doing yoga Then I remember like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm an old lady and I have pain really easily in a lot of my joints and stuff. So I really want to keep up with yoga three or four times a week. And I realized that for me, yoga really is a mental thing. And it's also really something that helps again with like the flexibility with my joints, with feeling more comfortable in my body. It's not necessarily something that I use for strength and for really like pushing myself in terms of my fitness goals. So what I want to do is take shorter yoga classes. I don't need to be doing 45 minutes or an hour a day, even though I like doing that. But a lot of times when I set that as the goal, I end up just skipping it because I feel like I don't really have time. So I'm going to aim to do more 10 to 20 minute yoga classes and increase my strength training three or four times a week, which I've spoken about a lot already on this show. It is something I've been implementing more since my episode with Naomi. Um, which you could go back and listen to. She talked a lot about how strength training is so important for our metabolism. It's so important for our hormones, for blood sugar balance. And that's something I really want to get consistent about because I'll have a week where I do it. And then the next week something happens and I'm thrown off. Okay. The next thing, and I put this under my physical health category is breath work. So when I felt my absolute best in my life, it was this very, nice time period between when I stopped breastfeeding Eden and got pregnant with Rafael. I took like a few months that I just said, I need my body to be my own. I can't be pregnant. I can't be breastfeeding. I just need to be like in the in-between and focus so much on my health before I try to get pregnant because I was coming off of a really tough pregnancy and then kind of bouncing back postpartum, but it's hard. I feel like it's hard to fully bounce back when you're still nursing. And during that time, I, I was in this routine. I was like, living on top of the world. I was doing breath work every single day. And if you guys don't know what breath work is, I actually have an episode coming out next week, hopefully with someone who is a, an expert on breath work. She's a breath work coach and she's amazing. But the breath work that I really like doing is the Wim Hof method. If you've never heard of Wim Hof, he is a really interesting guy. Basically, he's this man. He was born in the Netherlands. Fun fact, we're birthday twins. We're both born on April 20th. And so I feel like we have this nice connection there. But basically, he developed this method. And I'm not going to like go into explaining all of this because now is not the time. We could do a whole separate podcast episode on this one time. But basically, for mental health, for immunity, for strength, for all these different reasons, he developed this method of breathwork. work. Where basically, what you do is you take 30 extremely deep breaths, like pretty quickly, and then you hold your breath. Once you've exhaled and your lungs are empty, you hold your breath. And by doing this, and he talks a lot about this a lot more in his books and in his videos, you're strengthening the cells in your body to become a lot more resilient. And there's something about when the carbon dioxide levels get higher in your blood. It changes a lot of different things in terms of the chemistry of your blood. Honestly, I read the book a while ago. I'm not fresh up to date on how to explain this stuff in terms of the science and it sounds really crazy. But the reason that I even heard about him was because I heard all these crazy stories that like he could just do all these crazy things because of the breath work. Like he could raise his body temperature at will. So if these scientists had him hooked up to machines and thermometers and they were like, make your body temperature go from 98 to a hundred, he would just do it like by thinking, which sounds insane, right? Or they would say, make your hands heat up to 97 or make it, sorry, make it heat up to like 103, but keep the rest of your body normal. And he would do it. Or they'd put him in like a massive ice bath and he would be sweating and he could just do all these crazy superhuman things. They injected him with E. coli and he's like, I he fights it off with his breath work. So when you read this stuff, you're like, what is this wacky woo insanity? And there's scientific research to back it up. He's, he's taught many, many other people to do it and they've been able to reproduce these results in many labs. So when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, this is insane, but I don't know, like if it's that simple and anyone could do it. Cause that's also his whole thing. It's like, it's free. Anyone could do it. It doesn't take that much time. And you feel amazing from it. I was like, okay, I have to try this. So I looked him up on YouTube. I started doing it and it is the wildest thing. It's so weird, but you feel something happens in your body when you do these really deep breaths and then exhale and increase your lung capacity and let these carbon dioxide levels rise in your blood. And I like, I got hooked on it. So I was doing it really consistently for two months in this in-between period before I got pregnant with my son. And you're not supposed to do it when you're pregnant because you're not supposed to hold your breath at all when you're pregnant. They don't know how that could affect the baby. Obviously you could, you could already get easily lightheaded and faint when you're pregnant. So I had to stop once I got pregnant. But I, when I was in the flow of doing this, I'm telling you, I woke up with like the most electric energy. I felt the best I've ever felt in my life when I was doing it consistently. And I keep saying, I really want to get back to it. I really want to get back to it. Like I'll do it when I stop nursing. And I just realized, I don't know when I'm going to stop nursing. I have a feeling we might go longer with this baby than I did with my daughter. And so I was like, I just don't want to wait. If that's really something so small that made me feel so good, I want to get back into it. So I put that on my list. Um, I put, you know, other things about like meditation, even within my healthy meals, I put down very specific things that I've like kind of fallen off the track with. Like I used to be really intentional about making sure that I was eating liver twice a week. Now, honestly, it's been sitting in my freezer. I don't remember the last time I ate it, but there are certain foods that are really nutrient dense that are not my favorite foods. I take them as medicine, things like liver and sauerkraut and bone broth. And I'm just like, I haven't been doing those things. I've been doing like the bare minimum, just trying to get by. And again, I'm not beating myself up about it. Like I have a lot of compassion for myself why I've been doing that, but I want to get back to being better and I want to get back to feeling better. So I put these things all on my list. Um, Supplements. Oh my gosh. I have not been taking my supplements consistently. I sit with my daughter every morning while she has her vitamins. And I just, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to take mine. I don't like taking pills like physically. I feel like they're stuck in my throat. It makes me feel nauseous, not because of the pill itself, just the act of taking pills. And I just, kind of fell off the wagon with doing it, which is not good, especially as a nursing woman. Like I really need the extra nutrients. And so I put that on my list. Oh, I put, foot. oh, this is a good one. I put, find a new doctor that I like and trust because I am looking for a new doctor who I want to like and trust. And especially when it comes to my lab work and things like that. So that's something I want to do in the new year. That was all just related to my physical health. And then again, I had all these things that I'm not going to go through all of these, because they also feel a little bit more personal, but in terms of like my goals with regards to Judaism and my family life and just like other random things in terms of reading, I actually, that's the one thing every year I do set new year's resolutions for is to read at least 20 books or 25 books or 30 books. And I have to check what I'm up to this year. I think I'm up to like 28. We'll see if I hit 30 by the end of the year and the next week, I probably won't, but maybe I should be more optimistic either way. Fine. So I just wrote it all out. And then after getting it all out on paper, which, again, felt really good, I was like, okay, let's get back to reality and pick two or three things. This is the fourth thing that I do. Pick two or three things from that long list to implement. Pick things that are doable and pick things that are going to give you a big payoff and eventually make space for the rest. So for me, I was like, really, I know myself. I know what works for me. And I was like, this is what's happening that's also making things feel very chaotic is I'm feeling very reactive these days. I feel like in terms of the news or what's happening in these external circumstances that I can't control, I feel like that is what's setting the tone of my day. It's not me waking up and being like, here's my intentions and here are my goals and here's what I want to get accomplished. I feel like every day a different thing is being thrown at me and I'm just like, okay, I have a million things to juggle and I can't drop any balls. And it's, It's just a very exhausting place to exist in for days and then weeks and then months on end. And I feel like that is the biggest thing that I need to change right now because I'm at my breaking point with that. So, for me, one really easy way for me to do that is to wake up before my kids. So, right now, my current routine is that the children wake me up. It could be my daughter, who's a toddler, it could be my son who's almost 11 months, and he's nursing. And usually the first thing he does in the morning is is nurse. He's kind of like, that's his version of coffee. Like, you know, the people who can't wake up and they're just miserable, grumpy people until they have their coffee and then they're nice and smiley. That's him, except with milk. So he'll wake up screaming, crying. Like he goes from zero to 100, and then I nurse him. And that's a lot of times how I start my day. And there are multiple reasons for that. One of them being that my kids don't sleep so well. So I'm just like, I don't want to wake up early because I feel like sleep is so precious and I need it. I really need my sleep because I also don't function well without sleep. And so I don't want to be waking up earlier than I need to. But what ends up happening is that I don't set an alarm. My kids sleep late on the nights that they wake up in the middle of the night. So then we're all late getting ready in the morning. I get them to gone late and everything again is just like very reactive. And then I'm just like scrambling around, getting everyone ready I feel stressed. I know that energy feeds into my kids because, like, we see it also with my daughter. Like, everything becomes harder when I'm more stressed, like brushing teeth, getting dressed, all the stuff. So, I said for myself, I think what would make the biggest impact, like, one small habit I can implement that I want to put on the top of my list is wake up before my children and start with the breath work because I know that even if I'm really tired, it's not that I'm in the mood to do it. I'm actually never, ever in the mood to do it. I don't want to wake up early. I don't want to do it. But once I'm finished, I feel really, really good. So I was like, I want to do the breath work. And then the other part of the Wim Hof method that he's very into is cold therapy and cold exposure. So he talks about this through doing either cold plunges or we don't have a cold plunge, but you could take a cold shower. And this was one part that I never really got into in the past because I hate, I hate taking a cold shower. Like to me, that's actual torture, but I've read a lot about the benefits of it and why for our cellular health it can be so beneficial. And energy wise, it's just like a really quick, easy way to get your body kind of shocks it up into being awake. And I was just like, I think I've just, I've got to do something. I've got to make a big change and we're going to do it every day. We're going to wake up early. We're going to do the breath work. We're going to take a cold shower before my children get up. And that was one thing I picked. The second thing that I picked was I'm going to sit down every week and just pick what's going to be for dinner every night. I don't have to make it all in advance, but I need to know so that I don't get to Wednesday and be like, oh my gosh, again, we have to make dinner again. What's for dinner again? I'm going to have it all planned out in the beginning of the week. The shopping list will be based off of these things. I'll make sure that the protein is defrosted in the morning so that I can make dinner whenever we need. And that was the second thing. And then the third thing, this is like not really connected to my physical health, but to daven every day or to pray every day, which I think of more in my like Jewish life category, even though I do feel like it sets me up for a better day in terms of everything else. It's also something that since I gave birth in February, I've just like been less consistent with and something I really want to be more consistent with. So I was like, okay, those are three things that I am going to really focus on doing in the new year. And once you have your list, you pick your two or three things, maybe it's even just one thing, whatever, like one thing that's really going to make a difference for you. Pick it, write it down, put it on a post-it note or somewhere where you're going to see it, like make it really obvious. So you're not going to forget about this thing. And then listen, this is a long exercise. I want you to take time, really like sit and think, be able to do this. I want you to get really clear on why you want to do these things why do you actually want to do it? Like, I don't want you to put some random thing on your New Year's resolution list that is not actually going to make a difference in your life. I don't want to do this random breath work and, you know, take a cold shower at 6.30 in the morning because I heard some guy talk about it in a book that I just feel like it would be cool if I did that. No, it happens to be, listen, I have this past experience. I know that when I am in the flow of doing those things, I am such a better mom. I'm such a better wife. I have such clearer thoughts in my head. My energy is so much better. And I feel like I'm taking charge of my day as opposed to just letting the day throw things at me and then having to respond to them. And out of everything, I feel like that's what I need the most right now. I feel like I need to be thoughtful and intentional and in the driver's seat of my life and not just feel like chaos is piling up from a million different things that I can't control. So it's important to know why you're doing these things. I mean, I'll share also another reason why I'm doing this is because I find when I work with women one-on-one, when they are so clear about why they are making changes for their health, they end up having so much more success when that why is really strong to them. So- especially for women who are trying to get pregnant. I find women who are struggling with their fertility are some of the most motivated people in the entire world. They could do things they never thought they were capable of because they are really, really motivated to become mothers. It's like this very deep core soul desire to be a mother. And that's a really, really strong motivator. And sometimes other people will call me up and they'll be like, I don't know, I kind of just feel like I should get healthier and I want to be healthy. I feel like health is really, you know, popular right now and I know it's important, but like there's no real why behind it. They're not really that motivated to make a change. And then, you know, they don't end up sticking to things in the same way because they're not quite as motivated. And I know for myself, when I set out to make all of my changes, fertility has always been my main driving force, my main motivator. And when I got into that really good routine before I was trying to get pregnant for the second time, I felt amazing. And that was a really strong motivator. One other thing that I've noticed right now, I'm not ready to think about number three yet, but I know that I definitely want to be expanding my family in the future. I was thinking about it. I'm just like, I can't even imagine adding one more human to this chaos. And like, I want a big family. So I was like, I just, I need to get a handle on the chaos. I need to feel like... You know, I have a couple of things that are systems that are working for us and making sense for our family. And I'll feel so much more peaceful and so much more able to enjoy the present moment and time with my kids when I don't feel like every little thing of getting ready in the morning, picking them up, getting dinner on the table, bath time, like all of that has become chaotic because all of these other things are not in place and I'm not taking as good care of myself. So, I feel like for that greater goal of eventually expanding my family more and also just being with my current family and being the mom that I want to be for them, that's my why. So I got really clear on that and write it down, write down your why, write down what things will look like when you implement these habits, what things will feel like when you do it. It's really, really powerful to do this. And then get clear on the logistics. So this is number six, if you're following along with me, okay? The sixth thing that you're going to do is get really clear on the logistical specifics of like, what are you doing in terms of your habit or your resolution and when? So I was like, okay, when is this happening? If I want to wake up and do this breath work and do my cold shower, all right, it's happening at 620. And I went, I set an alarm. I set the alarm to repeat every single day except for Saturday. And that's when it's happening. In order to make it as easy as possible, I usually like to keep my phone in a different room overnight, but I was like, I know that I'm not going to get out of bed and go get my phone. I'm just going to, like, that's not going to happen. So I need an alarm from my phone. And because the app is on my phone that helps me do the breath work, I'm going to keep it on airplane, but I will open up the app. So that's the only thing that I'll see when I turn on my phone, like I'm not going to get any texts or WhatsApps or notifications from anything. I'll just shut off the alarm. And then the next thing I'll see is the breath work because my phone can be a very big distraction as I'm sure it can be for many of you too. So get really clear on your logistics. I did this also in terms of like the meal prepping stuff. I wrote out if I had this ideally perfect situation where my fridge and freezer were always stocked and ready to go, what would that look like? And I wrote down a bunch of very specific meals, like things for breakfast, things for lunch and dinners, things for snacks that I could always pull out of my freezer, or things that I would love to be ready and cut up, ready to go in the fridge, like have my leafy greens washed and checked and cut up and stored with paper towels so they're nice and crispy, have the dressings made in advance. Um, Another thing that I used to do all the time that I just haven't been doing for a while is batch. My spices. So let's say for roasted chicken or my roasted veggies or my fajitas or whatever random recipes I like that I repeat pretty frequently. I used to do this in advance. I would measure out all the different spices that would go in it and put them in a jar and shake it up. And then whenever I wanted to make that dish, I would just pull out one spice jar. And this was so helpful for me because instead of pulling out like seven things, it just made it feel so much easier and I love doing it. I would do it for my, my super seed schnitzel breadcrumbs. Like I would have the breadcrumbs just ready to go, made in advance. So it felt like one easier thing when it would come to making that recipe. And so I wrote down all of those things that I want ready and set up and nice and organized in my kitchen. And I, then I wrote down, okay, like, I can't make all of these things this week. I have too much going on this week, but are there one or two things here that I can do that is going to help me set up? So I was like, okay, I could do my spices and I could do a batch of my frittata, which makes breakfast really easy in the morning. Okay, great, done. Like I wrote down when I'm gonna do it, it's in my schedule. And then the seventh thing that I did, this part is so crucial, is I want you to think theoretically, what are all of the possible barriers that can come up? What are all the possible areas of resistance that are going to prevent you from actually following through with your resolution? So I wrote down, of course, my kids are going to wake me up in the middle of the night and I'll be so tired and I won't be able to wake up at 620 and then I can't do the rest of the things if my morning doesn't start out well, blah, blah, blah. I wrote down, you know, we have we just have a lot going on this month. Also, my parents are coming. There's been a lot going on in terms of like our family's health. Like we just haven't all been feeling well. You know, I wrote down all the things. These are reasons there's a war going on. I feel like every day I don't know what to do and how to plan. And I don't know when I'm going to have to be running to a shelter or picking up my kids early. Like there are so many different things that are throwing me off. I wrote them all down. They're all so valid the point of this piece of the exercise, is not to invalidate all the reasons that you're not doing something. It's just to get them out on the table. So we could be really honest and look at the situation and be like, okay, these are all possible barriers. In my situation, they're very likely. And what are you going to do anyways? And my clients know, right? We've done this together. We always do this together at the beginning of everybody's health journeys. I talk to you about this, like what barriers are going to come up for you and how are you going to move past it anyways? And especially when people are changing the way that they're eating. You think of all the different barriers, like you're about to go on a trip and travel. So that obviously is going to affect the way that you eat. If you have holidays coming up, if you have birthdays coming up, if your family is in town and that will really affect the way that you're serving food or making food in your home, you know, think of all the different things. Maybe you know that you're moving homes in a couple of weeks, okay? If you're packing up your kitchen, you know, what's the plan? Like, really think very specifically every single piece of resistance that might come up, and even some that you think might not come up. Just put them out there so that you can kind of mentally prepare and think of strategies of, okay, how will I overcome this? Okay, so you write down your potential barriers, and then what are you going to do to overcome them? So maybe if your goal is, let's say, something having to do with meal prep, you just say, okay, I block out these hours every week to do the meal prep and nothing is going to interrupt them. I don't care if, you know, something comes up with work or my kids, like I'm getting a babysitter for those hours. That is when I'm doing my meal prep or I'm, you know, I'm having someone else deal with the other things that might come up at those times. Maybe it's that you're really tired and you're like, how am I going to get myself to do it? Maybe you're doing things late at night. Listen, there was a time when I was preparing my healthy meals every night before the next day when I was working two jobs, I was building this business, I was teaching full-time, I had a little baby that I was breastfeeding full-time, it was a lot. And I was just like, how am I gonna do it? How am I gonna also take care of my health and eat healthy and exercise and do all the things when like I have zero time to breathe. And sometimes that meant staying up a little bit later. Now that's not my favorite thing to do in the entire world, but I was just like, I've gotta find the specifics times that I'm going to do it. And it happens to be for many people, I I don't know if there have been studies done on this, but I've heard so many people talk about this. When you set out to accomplish something, you're going to get something thrown at you that is going to set you off like almost immediately. And I see it all the time when I work with people, they'll get sick like the week right after our first session, when they were so excited and they were so motivated to go and then something comes up. And I basically said, okay, I could wait until January 1st to do all of these things, but I feel like what does January 1st really matter? I'm just going to get started because I feel like very out of control. So when I wrote this all out last night, I said, okay, tomorrow morning, we're getting started. And if my kids wake me up in the middle of the night, what am I going to do? I'm just going to say like, okay, it sucks. I'm really, really tired. And I'm still going to get up and do it. And guess what happens? At 3.30 in the morning, we heard a cry from one of them. And then that woke up the other one. And we were basically up from like 3.30 to 4.30. And I'm looking at the clock and I'm just like, oh my gosh, my alarm is going off in less than two hours. I need to call this off. This is crazy. This is not worth it. I just want to sleep. And then I was just like, okay, I don't want to do it. And I'm going to do it anyways, because I know, and maybe this is not the right choice for you. I'll say when I just had the baby, I was like, sleep comes before anything and everything else in the world. But right now I'm at this point where I'm like, I need to wake up before my kids. I'm just, I'm losing my mind with it. So I tell myself, I can do things even if I don't want to do them. I can do things even if I'm really not in the mood to do them. I can even do things if I hate doing them. And the truth is, as adults, we do this stuff all the time. There are many, many things that we have to do that we don't want to do and we end up doing. And a lot of times those are random things. Let's say like, you know, I have to get my car checked once a year at the mechanic. I hate going to the mechanic. I don't know why. I just, I hate bringing my car there. I find it's such a boring not fun, really adulty kind of thing that just takes time out of a million other things I'd rather be doing. And I do it because I don't want to get stopped by a cop and have to pay a crazy fine, you know? We do little things like that all the time. I might as well do something I really don't wanna do that's also going to make me feel better. And it's also something for myself. So the last piece, number eight, and then I'll, I'll update you on how this is all going for me, is accountability. I want you to plan how are you going to stay accountable? And one thing that might be really helpful for you in figuring this out is, I heard this actually from Gretchen Rubin. She has this book, it's called The Four Tendencies. And I don't—I never read the book actually, but I've listened to her talk about it on a bunch of podcasts and interviews. And basically her theory is that there are these four different types when it comes to accountability. Or maybe she says they're four personality types and they have a lot more to do with other things, but I've found them especially relevant when it comes to staying accountable, keeping promises, setting goals and sticking to them and things like that. And basically the four types are number one, upholders. And upholders are people who respond readily to outer and inner expectations. Meaning if they set a goal or someone else has a goal that they have to uphold, they will do it. So an example of this, I'm actually like this. If I set a goal, if I'm like, I'm gonna wake up every day at 6.20 and I'm gonna do my breath work, That's enough for me. Like just the fact that I want to set this goal, I will do it. And I've been like this since I'm a little kid. If I want to do something, I'll do it. If I don't want to do something, you better believe I'm not going to do it. For better or for worse, that's just like how I'm wired. And also when I work with other people or for other people, when I was in school, let's say, and I had a paper due, like I would never turn in something late. And no matter how close I would get to the last minute, because I could also be a little bit of a procrastinator, I was never really nervous that I wouldn't get a paper done because like that just doesn't happen to me. If the teacher says the paper is due Thursday, even if it's Wednesday night and it's 11 p.m. and I haven't started, like I know the paper will be in on Thursday because it's just how I'm wired. Like that's just how I am. So that's an upholder. There are people who are usually really disciplined. And the quote that she gives with this is people who say discipline is my freedom. And I really, really, relate to this. like When I am extremely disciplined in my habits, I feel freer because I'm just in such a good routine and and I feel good doing this. The next type are the questioners. So the questioners are people who question all the expectations. If they think an expectation makes sense, essentially, they want they want answers to everything. So it's someone who maybe would say like, okay, I kind of want to get healthier. I kind of want to be more organized, but like why? And they need to ask a lot of questions and really understand and do their own research and really be convinced of like, this is what's going to help me be accountable. And it's the knowledge, it's the explanation that helps them stay accountable. So maybe for that person, the way that you stay accountable, if that's you, is you reach out to an expert who can help educate you on your journey, or you're setting a schedule for yourself where you listen to podcasts about that topic. Like let's say it's about exercise and you really wanna get more into exercise. I would say instead of just listening to some random personal trainer who has these YouTube workout videos and talks about nonsense throughout their class, Maybe you could stick to something much better if you listen to the type of trainer who talks about the specific muscles and how when you contract this muscle or do this movement, this is why it's really important. Like I've taken classes where people are so much more into the bio – I don't know what the right word is, like the biophysical piece of it where they're really talking about like very specific muscle movements and why it's important – And I actually don't like that as much because I don't need that. I'm like, I just want to come to the class and I want to hear them tell me a random story about their brunch over the weekend and kind of distract me. Like, I don't want to be thinking about every single muscle throughout the movements. But if you're a questioner, that might be the type of thing that works best for you. It might be reading more books about whatever kind of habit you want to be practicing more. Let's say you want to be working on your sleep then maybe you're reading a book about why sleep is so important for the human body. So for questioners, it's having the answers and the research that really helps them stay accountable. The third type of person, and these are a lot of the types of people that I work with are obligers. They meet outer expectations, but they struggle to meet expectations that they impose on themselves. So they will say things like this. You can count on me and I'm counting on you to count on me too, meaning let's say a an obliger really wants to run a marathon, they will really struggle to keep themselves on track in their training. But if they have a buddy who is training along with them, they will never stand their buddy up. Like if their buddy is ready outside to go running ready in the morning, they're like, I would never blow my buddy off. And I know a lot of people who I work with, that's how they feel about our nutrition coaching sessions. They're like, I can't stick to anything, but I will not blow off our Zoom meeting. Like I would never leave you hanging because that's just terrible. And they just respond really well to other people imposing expectations on them. And I think what's also really important to note, because a lot of times when I explain this to the people I work with, they're like, oh, but I just wish I could tell myself to do something and do it. Part of what Gretchen Rubin talks about, whether you know this is true or not, I don't know, because again, I haven't like fully read the book is that a lot of this has to do with the way that people are wired. It's not something you necessarily control or not, and it's not good or bad. It's not like one type is better than the other type. It's just knowing yourself and then knowing what you need. And it also might be that you're different when it comes to different types of habits or different areas of life. Like maybe in certain areas, you're someone who is more of an obliger, but in other places, you're more of an upholder. And just getting to know yourself and knowing what works for you is going to be the most helpful thing that will help you stay accountable and do this long-term. Like, listen, if you're someone who just really needs other people to help you, lean into it. There are so many different ways to have other people hold you accountable that can also be really, really fun. And that's great. So there's no shame in it. Um, It can be, again, like it's just whatever works for you. And the fourth type Is the rebel. So the rebel resists all expectations, both inner and outer expectations. And they say things like, you can't make me do it, and neither can I. And I have a little bit less advice for this prototype because I don't relate to it so much. And these are also not usually the people who are coming to me to work with. But if you feel like that's you, I don't know, maybe you want to check out the book and find if there is something that can be really motivating for you or something that will help hold you accountable. These are the eight things that I do. I'm going to review them because I know that this was a little all over the place. Again, listen, I'm working on getting more organized. But this is something that I find if you take into the new year can be really, really helpful. So the number one thing that I did, the first thing that I did is take a look back at the past year, see what worked for you, see what didn't work. Number two is write down everything that's not working right now. Get really aware of like where you're currently at, your current status and what you want to change. Number three write out and don't hold back all the things you want to accomplish in the next year. Number four, evaluate that whole list and just pick two or three things because you're not doing the whole list on January 1st. Okay. I'm going to save you the time and the pressure. Just pick two or three things. Number five is get really clear on your why, why you're doing those things, what it's going to feel like and what it's going to look like when you do them. Number six is get really clear on your logistical plan. When are you doing it? Where are you doing it? What tools do you need in order to do it? Like maybe if you want to start a workout routine, you need to find an app that's going to help you do it. Maybe you need to find a personal trainer. Um, If you were like me last year and you're really thinking of starting a podcast, I can't even tell you the biggest thing that was holding me back was just the fact that I didn't have a microphone. And when I finally ordered a microphone on Amazon, which took, I don't know, like three seconds to do, I was like 80% closer to getting started. So sometimes it's just getting clear on what you actually need and then ordering the tools. Number seven, I want you to list all your possible barriers, what is going to come up, what might be an obstacle for you, and then how are you going to overcome it. And number eight, figure out how you're going to stay accountable. If you need someone else to hold you accountable, reach out to them. Again, if that's like a personal trainer or a buddy or a coach, um, if you're like, okay, hello, I listen to this because I really want to get my hormones under control, reach out to me. You know, it's really finding the person who is going to help you stay accountable. I'll say for me, because I'm an upholder, I find that I do really well with like a visual representation of how I'm doing on my habits. So one of the ways that I have this built into my exercise is that I use Peloton. I love Peloton. I'm such a fan of it. And they show me every single third, like it's not every single month, but it's every group of 30 days based on where you're at, they show you how many times per month you went in and did a workout in the app, even though workout is like a little bit of a strong word. Cause I also do my meditation sometimes through that app. So it will show up even if I did a meditation and that's also really, really valuable to me, even though it's not like a physical exercise, whatever, either way I will see, let's say in July that like 25 out of 30 days are colored in blue And then in October, there was like three out of 30 days colored in blue. And seeing the visual, like how many times I'm I'm actually going in and doing things that make me feel good, that's very motivating. And when I see that it's really blue, I want to keep it that way. When it comes to um, the breath work and stuff, it happens to be also in the app. They have these trackers because they know this is what works for people. It helps them stay accountable. When it comes to meal prepping, I have this really cute little notepad that I use for it And I'm going to check it off every week. I'm going to make my own little visual representation, like basically an adult sticker chart, because this is what works for me. Also, we have a sticker chart to try to help my kids learn how to sleep through the night because I do feel like a lot is riding on that. But again, I'm just at this point where I'm like, I can't, I can't wait for all the circumstances to line up to help me get to the place where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do all the things and now motivated to feel better. I just feel like it's been month after month of things not lining up when it comes to the circumstances. And so what? Like I can't wait until everything in the world just fixes itself and gets better. And I don't want to feel like all of these circumstances are making it harder for me to thrive and feel good. Like I think the circumstances will be what they'll be regardless of how I respond. And so what I need to do is make sure that I'm responding in the best way possible for me For my family, for my friends, for my community. Like, I need to show up as best as possible throughout all of this. And that comes from me being really intentional with what I'm doing with my time. So, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. If this stuck with you, if you're like, okay, I'm getting all sorted on my resolutions and you're all excited and you're doing it in your notebook, let me know. You could send me a picture. You can email me and let me know what you're working on. We can hold each other accountable and I will definitely continue to update you guys. You can follow along on Instagram and I will show you. Probably not like me actually doing the breath work early in the morning because I won't be using my phone. That's like another part of my New Year's resolutions is spend way less time on my phone and get off of social media more, like only use it really intentionally to post things that are helpful for my business or valuable pieces of content, but not just like randomly scroll and not get sucked into it. But I will be sharing a lot more, especially when it comes to like the meal prep and being more organized. And I'm really excited. You know what, doing this, it got me really excited for the new year and I've been in a funk and I needed to come out of it. And one other thing that I will say is that I actually did it this morning. So last night, my kids woke up and I was really tired. I really didn't want to do it. And I did it anyways. And it felt so good. Let me tell you, this whole morning, I've already felt like, okay, I have a little bit of a sense of peace. And I went through the morning a little more slowly and I felt so much better. And my daughter also saw that like I was in a good mood when she woke up and she, she's never done all five of her morning things nicely. Like all the five things she has to do every morning are brush teeth, get dressed, brush her hair, um, eat breakfast and put on shoes. Like we have also a little chart for her with her five things that she has to do every morning. And there's usually a tantrum for at least one of them. And today she just did all of them nicely. I'm like, what is this? What happens when I wake up at 620 and do breath work? And here's what I just realized. Like, I'm going to be tired on the nights where my kids don't sleep. I'm just going to be like, that is what it is. And I can choose to either wake up when my kids wake me up again and be really reactive and feel like the day is already half gone, or I can try to take charge of it. And that's what I'm trying to do. But... I will caution everyone and myself included on this like false sense of confidence when you do something once. It's easy to do it one day or not always. Sometimes it's not even easy to do it one day, but you could do something for one day and then just be like, okay, look at this. I got it. I'm good to go. But the real magic comes when you are consistent with these habits. And I know that because I've been in the place where I'm really in the flow of it for a long period of time. And that's where the benefits really compound. So I keep telling myself, you know, don't get all excited. Like it's been day one and it's great. You have to take it one day at a time, but the long-term goal here is to really be consistent with it. So I'm just focusing right now on January. I'm not putting my, the pressure on the, all of 2024. That's a little bit too much, but I'm focusing on January. I'm super excited. And if you guys are like also lit up, if you have your things that are going on, share them with me. I love to hear from you. And I'm wishing all of you a very good, happy, healthy new year filled with lots of good things. And I'm excited to be back next week with another great episode for you. Have a great year and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the About Health and Hormones podcast. If you loved today's episode, I would love to know. Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so I can make this podcast even better for you all. I would love to connect with you. Follow me on Instagram at Lauren Allen Nutrition or head to my website, www.laurenallennutrition.com to learn about my coaching programs and stay up to date on all of my latest workshops and courses. I am so glad you are here today and I wish you all health and happiness.